Well, hello again. This is Mark Dunnigan and welcome America, the Daily Answer. Got a question today, and that is from passages like Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through about verse 31, it seems clear that at death our fate is sealed, that there are no second chances. And in view of that, then why does there need to be a final judgment, a final accounting thereafter, a final reckoning? And the idea of a final judgment is old, very old, biblically. Jude 15, it goes back all the way to Enoch who prophesies. And then like in the middle of the scriptures, you hit Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. The conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. All coming out, friend. And yet Jesus talked about this. Um, in Matthew 7, Jesus has this scenario of people saying Lord, Lord to him at the final judgment. And pointing to what they've done and he rejects them because even though they re were religious, they did not follow his will. Got a lot of people like that today. Very religious people that don't follow the Bible. Yeah, they don't put, they don't follow the Bible. They don't respect the Bible as far as the plan of salvation in the Bible, the need to be baptized. They do not respect the the clear structure that God gave and the um, qualifications of elders or shepherds, uh, the the fact that each congregation is governed by its own elders or shepherds, the the simple worship that God has revealed, like a cappella singing, Ephesians 5:19, and so on. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, there's another section of this final judgment. Uh, when he separates the sheep from the goats. Acts 17, I think of that, 30 and 31. There's a day that God will judge the world, furnish proof to all men. And, and Jesus is the one, is the judge. That's also made clear. And the proof that Jesus is the judge at the last day is the fact that God raised him from the dead. But then we run into passages also like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So Jesus is the judge. And so let's slow it down just a little bit here and walk a little bit further in that passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So that each one, so judgment is individual. We're judged not as families, not as congregations, not as nations. We're judged as distinct individuals. It says, may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done. Not what you plan to do, not what you daydreamed about necessarily, not what you said what you were going to do, but what you did. Also, you're not judged on the basis of what did or did not happen to you. It's not that you stand up at the, before the judgment and um, Jesus says, oh, you had a hard life, therefore you're exempt. You had a hard life, therefore I don't hold you accountable to the same standard. No, it's it's not what people did to us, and it's not what people did not do to us or how they didn't help us. We're judged for what we did, period. 
whether good or bad. All right. So what would, why this final judgment? And so I had, had some thoughts on that. And, and not only that, but why does it have to be so public where we're there and we all stand before Christ and we are all together at the same time? Matthew 25, 30 and 31. Or, and that's that all nations are gathered before him. And Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. Why couldn't God just deal with each one of us privately? Okay, got a couple. I got some thoughts on that from scripture. One would be that it gives a it gives the opportunity for Jesus to honor the faithful publicly in the eyes of everyone else. Romans chapter two and verse seven, that passage says, to those who by perseverance and doing good seek for glory and honor. And so this is going to be a chance to, well, the final judgment will be a chance to display the lives of the faithful. So all can see and hear. And I guess among that would be, you see, the faithful had challenges just like other people. The, the faithful were not necessarily people that it just came naturally or easier to live the Christian life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he buffeted his body. And a number of the Christians that we find that the New Testament letters are written to came from really rough backgrounds and were in over their head in sinful addictions like the Corinthians. The world might be surprised to learn that the faithful overcame struggles and temptations that were at times more than they faced. As I noted, it wasn't that living the Christian life just came naturally, fit their temperament better, came easier for them than other people. He said the faithful could have been selfish. They could have been evil. But they decided, they decided to side with God. It will be revealed that the faithful really did try to help a lot of people they were involved in the most important work in in the world and they could have yielded all sorts of lesser things worries fears lusts they could have cracked they could have ended up in the pit of depression but they kept focused on jesus and trusted him so there's there's one thing the other one, the other one would be is that it just appears to me that at the final judgment, there's going to be a theme that's going to resurface. There's going to be themes that are just going to resurface over and over again. It's almost like that that is the moment when every argument and all the excuses are eternally dealt with and silenced. Well, what, what will surface that day? One, that... Everyone had the chance to obey God. That that opportunity was given to everyone. God is not wishing for any to perish. Second Peter 3, 9. And, and, and it's interesting that we might know people and see people and think like, 
well, I don't think that person ever has been given an opportunity to obey God. And I think we're wrong about that. We are not omniscient. I remember I was at a funeral years ago. It was a, a member of the church in Oregon. And at this funeral, this woman, this friend of this Christian showed up. And all of a sudden, we realized that not only did the deceased Christian know her, but I knew her and another Christian there knew her, that here was somebody in the world that had at least three connections with members of the Lord's church. So they had the ability to serve him. And they did come in contact with people that had the truth. Paul notes Romans 1.20, the existence of God is so clear to every human being who has ever lived that the Holy Spirit just says they're without excuse. And so that's, that's, that's going to show up. I think we'll see that over and over again. Also, how merciful God was, how many second chances God gave to the people who ended up lost. God is, God is merciful to ungrateful and evil man. Luke 6, 35. In fact, the rich man was told in the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, 25, remember that during your life or your lifetime, you received your good things. And so that would be another theme. Uh, one person after another is going to show up there and out will come, out will come, all the many good opportunities they had to change their lives, to improve their marriages, to make things work, to obey the gospel, to remain faithful. All the good influences that came into their lives. I think one other thing will be that people will not, it will be revealed that people did not miss heaven on a technicality. You know, they had 99.9% .9 of it down and one little thing tripped them up. I, I don't think that's what's going to come out. You know, the one sin they could never see. What's going to, what, what, what will be revealed as Jesus noted in Matthew 7, 22, they end up lost, not because of one sin they could not see. They end up lost because of a general attitude of lawlessness. Of refusing to submit. Not only that, but hey, it's all coming out. And one thing that will probably come out is how many people heard the truth, knew it, but suppressed it and did not share it with others. Romans 1.18. How about this? How many famous people? How many famous, well-known people in the news? Uh, the sports industry celebrities, musicians, politicians, knew the correct plan of salvation, religious leaders knew the correct plan of salvation and refused to share it, refused to pass on that information to their fellow man. Along with that, that God had providentially sought to save each individual many times and that well, to, to, to end up lost, you got to work at it. You got to put some effort into it. And then it will be revealed that people actually could understand the Bible alike. 
all the real reasons will come out as to why people did not serve him or remain faithful. It was not that the Bible was too confusing or an issue was too difficult. It was other things like a desire to avoid being unpopular. To, they wanted to live for self, impress other people. John 12, 42 through 43 clearly brings that out and a thousand other selfish reasons. We will learn that even the famous and the powerful had the opportunity to learn the truth and often heard and understood it. And maybe that's one reason why the times that Paul appears before King Agrippa and two Roman governors are mentioned in the book of Acts, Acts 24, verse 25, Acts 26, verse 28, is that even the powerful and elite hear the gospel. Sometimes we consider them so guarded and so surrounded uh, by such security that the gospel never makes it to them. Uh-uh, no, there's no way you can prevent the gospel from coming into your life. The truth about sin and various sins will surface that none of the behavior described and condemned in the Bible was inborn. Rather, it was chosen and it was chosen by the individual and it could have been resisted. Isaiah 5, 53, 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to its own way. Also, which side one was on will be, will be very evident, will be revealed. Those who did the most damage within our culture and led people astray, whether in the media or the political arena, educators, businessmen, writers, musicians, and other entertainers. The great conspiracy of the world will be unmasked and people's real reasons for, the, for why they did things and maybe most importantly, people's real reason why they did not obey God, the real reason why they did not remain faithful. Today's reason to come clean because back in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 11, it says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That word appear means to be revealed as we are, as our true selves. Uh, the no spin zone where the truth comes out, where you're not allowed to give reason number 12, why you did not obey God. Reason number 12, why you did not resist them, that temptation or why you did not remain faithful. But reason number one, it's coming out. And if you listen to this program or know someone, remind them of that. If you feel you fall into that category that you're just, you're spinning a, you're spinning a tail. Uh, you're, 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 you're telling a tall tale right now. You're not being honest about why you're not faithful. Time to come clean and stop blaming others because at the last day, you won't be able to blame anyone. You won't be able to shift it. You will be revealed and your true motivation will come out. I think it's a lot better to correct that now than later because at the judgment, it's too late. Mark Dunnigan for the final, for the, uh, well, for the daily answer. <laughs> And hopefully it's not the final answer because hopefully there'll be more daily answers in the future. 
We will see you in the funny papers. <laughs>